0: i part of the strategy. Development—it's all we envelop. Intelligents—a wealth of intelligence. Unless you selfishly embellish all of the championships, basking it in, Let's study in the conferences. Pac-12 and Big, 12 and the 10, SEC, ACC, win, 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 win. It just kind of fades.
1: I'd like to welcome everybody this week to Debbie Owner's Manual, Episode 10. This week, the declarations—the early declarations—are now complete. We've got the first couple game. The showcase games. We get the I East mean, West. Shrine. Games. <laughs> there you go. The East West Shrine Game as well as the NFL PA college or collegiate bowl. Both of them are this weekend. We're going to glance over the early declarations in case you missed one and then go over the rosters for the shrine game and the NFL PA game. And before we get into this shindig we're going to send a big thank you to Chris Allen. By the way, if you want to find him on Twitter, it's at Chris Allen FFWX and Adam Wilde at dhh underscore Adam. They have the Dynasty Owner's Manual at Debbie Manual, and they are gracious enough to let them be on their podcast family. So i want to give them a huge shout out as usual. And I want to introduce my co-host, who's kind of riding on a cloud
0: nine right now. Andrew? Fantastic 48 hours for me. <laughs>
1: uh, you've been like uh, initiated as a sticky now. You're like a... In the sticky Hall of Fame or
0: something, like you gotta.
1: Yeah, you gotta no, it. it's
0: it's funny. I had a couple of their avid listeners, Aunt Oreo, Dan Barnes, and Dan, 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 Dan ten thousand times over. They all messaged me and were telling me that. So it's funny how things work,
1: right? If any of you are unfamiliar with this, he was. They were gracious enough to raise a little money so Andrew could fly down to the. To next next weekend to scout for the the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. I'll be down there running laps with Forrest Gump, baby. So, should be a really good time, man.
0: Excited. I've never, I, I've, yeah, I've never been to Alabama. For the south, I've been in Florida. So, no, it's it's gonna be fun. I, I can't thank everyone that donated enough. I can't thank Matt Miller for offering that enough, and. I mean, I'm sure Matt doesn't listen to this because he's so busy and has way more better information than we do. But that doesn't mean we're not worth listening to. Ben Albright, too. It's funny. I was telling my wife if everything lined up universally perfect for the first time ever for me. And Ben played a big part in helping me with my credential. I have no shame in saying that. But now I'm very, very excited. And as he said, I plan to pay it forward the first chance I get for anybody right? You can buy me a ticket. Anyways,
1: (laughs) we're going to go through the declarations in case anybody missed any. Obviously, I'm sure everybody's heard the quarterbacks. Kyler Murray was the big one. He's still getting a lot of buzz there on Twitter. I still see a lot of varying opinions. I think everybody seems to be warming up on him, though, as it looks like more and more and more likely like he is going to absolutely 100% pick football. He still can back out. He's still not entirely free of baseball, but Sounds like he's going to be a top, I'd say probably 10 or 12 pick. I actually saw The Athletic today mocked him going to the Bengals, which kind of surprised me.
0: <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that would be different. I mean, they got to go with something. The whole division, well, I mean, Ben's still in Pittsburgh, but Lamar and Baker are there as young guys.
1: That would be an exciting division for quarterbacks, like mobile, fun, young quarterbacks. So for sure. The ones that had already declared, Dwayne Haskins, Tyree Jackson, Daniel Jones, Jarrett Stidham. Think. Like, Probably Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins have a chance of being picked in the first round as well.
0: Um, it's kind of sort of the buzz that I'm hearing around the industry, so to speak. For sure. It's funny. We were talking about how bad this quarterback class is, and I'm not saying Matt talked about it on his podcast with Stick to Football. There's a difference between being a great graded in round one and going in round one. There's going to be a lot of these quarterbacks that aren't necessarily going to grade as round one talent, but they're going to go in round one because of the quarterbacks. I've been talking about the whole time. You go back to 2013, there was only one quarterback taken. It was E.J. Manuel, And at the start of the second round was Will or, oh, Greer. Jeez. Geno Smith. So, right. yeah, I mean, that's the bad quarterback class everyone keeps referring to where their leading passers, Mike Glennon. So, I. I think they have more athletic ability and talent in this class, for sure. It's just it's a lot of it's going to be going to the right spot. I feel like
1: all the three major ones that I just talked about there, they're going to have to go somewhere where they're not thrown into the fire. But with Haskins and Murray, they're probably going to get drafted high enough to where they might they probably will be thrown into the fire, unfortunately. I think they all three of those guys have the tools to succeed. They both have a lot of things to like about their game, but definitely do attractments to their game as well. So... It should be interesting. I think, I mean, I don't think it's as bad as that class you mentioned there, but no, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The running back class is not as strong, but I definitely like some of the names on here. These are just early declarations we're talking about here Rodney Anderson, uh, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, you know, Travion Williams, Benny Snell, Daryl Anderson, or Daryl Henderson, Ander- I think is how he actually pronounces yep. it. So there's some really interesting names there. A lot of those are going to be, I think, all five or six that I just mentioned have potential to be like workhorse type backs. Um, Just depends on the situation. And I'm I'm most excited personally about David Montgomery and Josh Jacobs. And if Rodney Anderson can rehab, he's going to be one of the top ones too.
0: No, I'm I'm excited about Devin Singletary as well. Elijah Holyfield, I think once he gets to do the workouts and everything, I think he's really going to step out. Everyone else's shadow, and then Miles Sanders. I'm really excited to see too. So it's
1: not going to be as, as bad of a class as I think some are acting like it's going to be. And then the the run. Everybody's talked about the wide receivers for quite some time. So there's AJ Brown, Calvin Harmon, Nikhil Harry, DK Metcalf, you know Marquise Brown, JJ Arcega-Whiteside, Riley Ridley, Pekin Butler. I think all those guys are probably could potentially go in the first couple rounds, and you know, depending on the situation and if they land on a team that is wide receiver needy, which there are quite a few right now. I think a lot of those, um, multiple of those could make a huge splash.
0: I mean, a couple of favorites of mine uh, are going to be little Jordan Humphrey too. Um, a lot of people at Texas thought he was going to stay from what I was reading and seeing. So him declaring was a bit of a shock just because Colin Johnson stayed.
1: Right. They um, thought Colin was coming out and little, <laughs> little Jordan yeah, was staying. Was the
0: other way around. And then – Apart Before Kyler Murray decided to break draft Twitter, Riley Ridley was breaking draft Twitter, and I think he will continue to do so. He's the classic case of stats and production versus on paper talent and analytics. So he's right. definitely going to be fun to watch go through the process. Absolutely. I'm, just, I'm
1: I'm ungodly excited about the tight ends this year, man. Yes. Um, uh, one of the first ones on this list that came up is he's actually playing in the NFL PA game, and one of them that I kind of had wanted to watch is Keenan Brown. Uh, obviously, Noah Fant, Caden Smith, Jay Sternberger, Isaac Nada, Irv Smith Jr., and then TJ Hawkinson kind of surprised and declared. So I love those tight ends this year. I think we're yeah, going to get infusion for – I mean, didn't it seem like this last year there was only like three or four tight ends that you could even count on anymore?
0: Yeah, no, last year's tight ends were very bad. You had Yusecki and Hayden Hurst, Mark Andrews.
1: I mean, it's the overall NFL <laughs> landscape. There wasn't hardly oh, I mean, any – Tight and rookies. Yeah, no. right
0: here. yeah. And then um, I'm just looking quick because I have all, but I've watched, I, I'm done grading my tight ends except two of them. Isaac, Noada, Noada I think. Right. And then earth Smith jr. Who earth Smith jr. And, and Isaac could definitely jump up with the rankings where it stands. Now I have Keenan Brown as my fourth tight end behind. I won't say what order. Cause I'll save it for the article, but Cain Smith, Noah Fan, Dax Raymond from Utah State. Keenan Brown's definitely up there. Him at the NFLPA Bowl, I think, is big there. And Matt Miller's been already talking about him. Right. And, yeah, we had some key players staying in school. Like we mentioned, Colin
1: Johnson. Obviously, everybody knows about Justin Herbert. Tyree Cleveland kind of surprised me. Brian Edwards really, really surprised me.
0: The way Um, he stayed was the best way ever, too. Right
1: and then albert o from missouri surprisingly stayed tyler johnson at minnesota was a puzzling one for me
0: yeah i think he's going to definitely be one of those ones where he would have been at least a second this year he could be a first next year right
1: kind of the basic landscape those just early declarations there um if anybody's curious there's a spreadsheet online i ryan mcdowell has one that i'm sure you could find on his timeline if you If you wanted to find him, I'm sure everybody follows him. I can't think of his Twitter handle offhand, but I'm sure everybody follows him. So (laughs) if you don't, what is wrong with you? Anyways, we've got some interesting news and notes. And then after the news and notes, I want to talk about what most of the news and notes is about. And that's quarterbacks transferring. Good Lord.
0: Yeah, no, it's one domino falls and the rest are just kind of following suit.
1: Right. It was... And unfortunately, I think it's going to keep happening, too. I, don't, I personally don't like it. Yeah, It's one of those things. But we can talk about that another show. Um, sorry. I don't, want to I don't, like, that,
0: I don't oh. like that none of them went to Florida. That's my only gripe with the whole
1: thing. Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> And on top of that, probably the best one of them all, Tate Martell, actually went to Miami of all.
0: Manny Diaz, I put it out last night when I saw that. I was talking to one of the college football rankings Twitter accounts, and I can't remember which one it was, and I apologize. And my grandpa's a diehard Miami fan, all the way back to when you were getting free tickets with your Burger King meal <laughs> in Florida. He was like, what do you think of Manny Diaz, yada, yada, yada. And I was like... He's a Miami guy. His dad was the mayor. He just oozes that swag that they haven't had since the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. Obviously, with the way the rules are now, you're not going to do a lot of the same stuff that those teams did. But as far as bringing in recruits, keeping recruits, I mean, he's having people that we're talking about transferring coming back already with a couple of the key wide receivers and bringing in Tate Martell. He's going to be doing some big things.
1: Yeah, I think a, a lot of people saw them last year with the turnover chain and and saw that that's that's the Miami swagger they used to always have. I mean, he came I, up with that. Two, yeah, two years I ago. kind of, I grew up. my My grandmother worked for Florida State, so I grew up a kind of a Florida State fan by default. And I we just hated Miami, just hated them. I mean, they were just yeah dirty and they always
0: won. And yeah, <laughs> just yeah, I got some memories of absolutely hating the Hurricanes back in the day. See for sure and it's fun when you have a team like miami who's historically dominant and historically as we say has that swagger it's always fun when they're a part of it it's like the nfl with the browns coming back it's a little bit more fun for the afc north yeah there's a couple college
1: teams like that like michigan you know them being successful helps the overall right i think you know so anyways the 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 most puzzling one i thought was actually jalen
0: hurts transferring to oklahoma (laughs) I said last night, I thought, because Manny Diaz got Martell, and he was like, we're not done yet. I totally thought he was going to somehow sweep up Jalen Hurts while Martell sits here. Three quarterbacks now that Lincoln Riley's gotten to come to him as transfers, started with Baker, Cliff Kingsbury, and had him had that whole situation. Then he got Kyler Murray because someone would rather have Knight at Texas A&M, and now he's got – Jalen Hurts going to Oklahoma, which did you see the reason behind Hurts supposedly wanting to go to Oklahoma? He thought Oklahoma has the best chance of playing Alabama in the playoff. Nice. And he wants to show them that he won't be the quarterback for him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I I lay that whole situation out really quick for you guys is they have a very, very highly recruited freshman coming in, Spencer Rattler. He's awesome, like a great, great high school quarterback. You know, so he's probably licking his chops thinking he's going to be the next guy up, although he had Austin Kendall standing in the way. So Jalen Hurts transfers to Oklahoma. Austin Kendall transfers to West Virginia. (laughs) And on top of all this, Lincoln Riley had told Spencer Rattler that he was not going to take any transfer quarterbacks. So kind of wonder if Lincoln's bill, you know, making himself a bed there. He's got to be a little careful with these kids, man. And then it looked like they were going to block Austin Kendall from transferring, and then I guess they decided to let him go
0: ahead and go, so. Yeah, right at seven o'clock at the Sports Center, they announced they rescinded that.
1: And I don't to hurts in Alabama. And Oklahoma's offense makes no sense to me. He's a very he's a he's a decent passer, but he's very limited and inconsistent. That's the reason why he wasn't asked to throw a lot in Alabama. So I, I'm curious. I, I I don't know. He's got to win the job first, I guess. So maybe just some senior leadership. Who knows. Then another Brandon Wimbush from Notre Dame transferred to UCF, which is kind of an interesting transfer, I thought, as well.
0: I was watching Elise mac tape from 2017 Notre Dame tight end. And I have in my notes. Oh my god, they should they should have switched from Wimbush sooner. Wimbush is
1: <laughs> hot garbage, dude. Like he is, I'm sorry, I will rarely will ever hear me say anything bad about a prospect, but dude, saw too much of that guy last year. He was Garbage.
0: Yeah, as far as Debbie concerned, you can stay away.
1: And to run that offense at UCF. I I don't know, man. Whatever. We'll see, I guess. (laughs) Didn't unless it is another veteran leadership type of thing. Maybe he'll come in and mentor, you know, the other kid there. I
0: think he plays the first couple games as kind of like a bridge until Milton hopefully can come back. Right. If he's healthy, there's no reason he shouldn't be the starter. Right.
1: And one other transfer, James Blackman from Florida State, who started in place of uh DeAndre Francois, who started in place of him last year and was not particularly great. He also put his name in the transfer portal. So it'll be interesting. I don't think he'll draw a ton of interest.
0: I don't know but what it is before Florida State quarterbacks are transferring.
1: It's just this whole this whole transfer thing. I think what it will ultimately realize is these kids are gonna start hopefully they'll stop. Coming in one right on top of the other, you know, like if you've got two quarterbacks standing in your way, yeah, you might think you're going to beat them out, but you know, yeah, but it's it was
0: like it's like with maybe, Field going to Georgia, he right. knew from was there, he knew yeah, from got him to a national championship. And I think
1: wasn't eason even there when he committed, so yeah, like there was yeah yeah so like there was possibly several standing in the way of him so i think maybe it'll stop these teams from stockpiling all these young maybe maybe spread them out a little bit i don't know
0: i saw they were they were talking on stick to football about this and they were saying how only one making it so not so much you have to split up a talent because it's not fair if they want to go to the nfl because you're not going to do the same type of coaching at university of texas San Antonio as you are at alabama doing something where you can only bring in one top-ranked quarterback prospect every so often. Every two years or something, yeah. Something like that, yeah. I can't remember what they were talking about. But, I mean, I think something like that would be good. Um, and then if you are going to transfer, I I know you're not necessarily for it in that sense, just constantly doing it all the time. But just let them be eligible right away. I mean, I understand the, cost, uh, the competitive aspect of it. If they transfer out of your conference, just let them play it right away.
1: I think there's a better way they can handle it, but I don't see any I don't see any way they can enforce it honestly. They you know, you can each team can spend their scholarships the way they want. So but I think it might make these young quarterbacks think twice, you know, about what's in front of them and you know, are they gonna get to play type of thing. So one other interesting news is Josh Allen, my boy, will not be playing in the senior bowl. I honestly don't blame him. I don't see anything he could do to possibly raise his draft stock. So
0: that's what I saw a lot of people saying is he's really done yeah. what he needs to do at this point. Kind of oh, like Deshaun a couple years ago He was going to go to the Senior Bowl And then flipped out Not flipped out, flopped out <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make it not sound like he was being dumb Obviously he made a good decision Because he right. still was a went to, to Houston But he just changed his decision He committed, he did fine So I think Josh Allen will be okay too Exactly
1: Alright, next we got to uh, Let's go over the East and West Shrine game That is, the game is Saturday I believe, right? The nineteenth, yep. yeah, Saturday. I will unfortunately be at Niagara Falls with celebrating my wife's birthday, so I will not be able to watch any of the game as it happens. But
0: we'll
1: unfortunately, <laughs> whoops, nobody heard that, right? Anyway, there's um, a, they've been raving about these quarterbacks. There's some really good quarterbacks in here. I hope that they all get a chance to play. Um, not likely. The couple that really stand out to me, and, and he's been getting a lot of buzz all week for the East, is Jordan Tiamu from Mississippi State, from Ole Miss, sorry. Oh, I see Mississippi, and I'm like, what's that, Ole Miss? Yeah, he's a, he started for a year and a half there. He ended up with 3,900 yards, 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions in 2018, obviously throwing to a very good bevy of wide receivers there, and A.J. Brown and DeMarcus Lodge, and then D.K. Metcalf as well, obviously, who's out part of the way a year. Jordan, he throws a really good deep ball, um, or not just deep ball, he throws just a beautiful spiral he hasn't he's only got i think 17 games under his belt as a starter so yeah he doesn't have a lot so is you can see in the way he, he played in the sec and put up those numbers still pretty stellar numbers um but his field vision and his awareness of the game needs some work so something that he will probably have to work on was there any other anybody on the east there or the west quarterbacks that stood out for you
0: Brett Ripian, I've Ripian. I can't. I don't know how to say his name. I apologize, Uh, Brett Ripian. To me, I I really, really like a lot. I think he. Once I get done grading, I'm actually gonna probably watch him tonight or tomorrow. Once I start getting these quarterbacks, I think he's gonna be ranked right up there with out right outside that Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones, Easton Stick. I did watch and grade him. Obviously, I don't have a lot of other quarterbacks to go off of, but I do have a grading scale of fifth or twenty-five points that they can have, and he got about a fifteen point six seven, so he's about average for me. Um, I think my notes with him. Yeah,
1: he's been getting a lot of buzz this week, and I just don't see it. I think everybody wants him to be the next Carson Wentz,
0: and And, and that's I wrote that on my notes. It's not going to be the next Carson Wentz. Very similar build to Kyler
1: Murray, actually.
0: Yeah, he's very shifty as a runner, I have down, as far as what I put down. He does keep his eyes down the field, but he just doesn't have the arm to deliver the ball. He overthrows, or underthrows, excuse me, a couple of open wide receivers from the games I've seen. He doesn't have a tight spiral. He, Whenever he rolls out and he's flushed out of the pocket and he's forced to throw across his body or on the run, it can be erratic. So he's very athletic, but um, he'll definitely be a journey mid backup type. I don't think he'll be right what everyone wanted to be, which is Carson Wentz, which is tough to live up to replacing him.
1: So there's a couple running backs that stood out that I've heard of also been getting some buzz this week. Um we'll stay on the West side for me Nick Brissett, LSU he was kind of stuck behind obviously Darius Geis, and um I think he even played he was stuck behind Fournette for a year, his first year. But he this was. year he ended up with a thousand yards, fourteen scores, only only four point three yards per carry, which is a little alarming in college. From what I watched, I watched a couple games today of him, and he's a very strong, decisive runner. He hits the hole really good and just plows through people. Uh, obviously, he's got the the pedigree and the the you know he was a highly recruited running back when he came out, you know, as most LSU running backs are, so he's one. And then Darren Hall Jr. from Pittsburgh. Also, a very similar guy, really, really good build, 5'11", 225, very powerful. He's not particularly quick or elusive, but he's just strong and he doesn't lose yards. So he had 1,100 yards, 12, 10 scores this year, 7.5 yards per carry, splitting the backfield there in Pittsburgh with Claudio Olison. But is there any other running backs that stood out for
0: you? One I'm excited to get diving into, and one that Kyle Krabs was the first one to really – Bring him to my attention. Zigba from Nebraska. Ooh, yeah. Something that Krabs likes a lot with him from Draft Network is that he's six foot two thirty-five is what he's listed at, but he does not move like he's six foot two thirty-five. He moves very, very well. He's been doing very well in practice this week. I think he could be one that if you could get he's probably not going to be on very many Devi manual or devy manual rosters, devy rosters and taxi squads and stuff like that. I definitely think when your rookie drafts roll all around, you could probably take him as like a fourth or fifth round pick, kind of like an Ito Smith was last year. If he goes to the right, right. spot.
1: Yeah. All three, all those ones that we mentioned are in the West. And uh, one name that I've heard on the East is Jordan Ellis from Virginia. He's been getting some buzz this week. Uh, thousand yards 10 touchdowns this year he's a great pass blocker actually and he's very eager pass blocker (laughs) what i've read from scouting reports and stuff and he's just a quick powerful back 510 225 they have definitely like the west has very good running backs and very good quarterbacks are there any wide receivers that are catching your eye this week
0: demarcus lodge um is one that i watched and have a great on with him as well he to me i his size isn't that fantastic. He's six foot one, two hundred pounds. As far as not being a very tall receiver, but with that though, from what I watched with him, he was able to beat press coverage a decent amount of time. He wasn't doing it with his hands. He was doing it with his feet. His footwork's insane. Um, in the one article I'm writing about, I said that his footwork kind of reminds me with Antonio Brown as far as just how well he uses it. Because with L, if you go back and watch the old Miss game against LSU this year, he does a double move on Greedy Williams, and Greedy Williams falls over. Like, if it was the NBA, it would have been all over the place. Like, James Harden asked on Wesley Johnson for you NBA fans. What he did there with Greedy Williams really caught my eye. And his stats aren't bad. I mean, last year he had 877 yards, 65 catches, and four touchdowns. But he got overshadowed in an old Miss offense that has Dawson Knox, A.J. Brown, and D.K. Metcalf. I mean, he's a solid receiver. It's just he's not going to have the jump off the board stats right. as everyone else does. Yeah, there was a couple years ago where it was thought of of those three,
1: A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and DeMarcus Lodge, that any of them could be the best. Like any of them could have came out and been the guy. So he was definitely highly regarded when he came in, and it was good to see him flourish a little bit this year you know, once he got a chance to play. Um, He's had a little bit of issues with drops, but, yeah, the yeah, his, release, year,
0: his release at the line
1: is is insane. So like, Yeah, he, no, he,
0: he gets that. open, and then it's just he had to get the ball. And then I also want to see, like you said, drops, something to improve on for him. I also want to see him kind of win more contested balls. I saw a couple where it was like 50-50 catches, and he wasn't winning them. In the NFL, you have to do that. And
1: I, I had heard – I heard also from practice this week, I think you've mentioned Keyshawn Johnson before.
0: Yes. Yeah, Keyshawn Johnson. Everything I've been seeing from Draft Network shows that Keyshawn's having a very good year or very good practice week, I should say, down in Tampa. He's another one with quick feet. He doesn't have the giant size. He's just like DeMarcus Lodge. He uses his feet more to get himself open. Um, He's another one that I want to see win 50-50 balls more. He has a couple drops as well. His route running, I really, really like. It's very sharp, I think. And then with him, it's just more or less getting in the right system and being used the right way. But I think, like you were saying, the Shrine games, even core and offense in general, is very, very refreshing.
1: Yeah, actually, there's a guy who was pointed out to me, and then I watched some tape of him today, Brody Oliver from the Colorado School of Mines. <laughs> the first time he said it, I thought he said Mines. I thought he said Mimes. I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> the Colorado School of Mines. He's a division two guy, 55 catches for a thousand yards and 19 touchdowns. You watch the tape on his kid and holy hell does he look amazing. I mean, he's, it's, it's division two. I admit that, but six foot three, 210, he high points, he kept his hands. He just, you can't get it away from him when you throw anywhere near him. And I want to see him against some real competition this week. And be kind of, one of those guys I hope gets in the game and catches some stuff and, ends up getting a late draft pick or, you know, even just an undrafted free agent look, you know, uh, pull up some stuff on him. You might have to dig through some uh, eight millimeter tape, but yeah, you find the Colorado school of mines. Yes. Interesting prospect. Were there any tight ends on either squad that stood out for you?
0: The tape is very grainy. <laughs> yes. These um. the,
1: the tight ends that I've heard this week are CJ Conrad. And he's one name that I heard kind of out
0: of practice from Kentucky and then yeah, CJ Conrad, I have on my list to watch. Um, he's the only one on that I have. Conrad, though.
1: Right. I don't think he have the stats. Sort of like Matthew Sokol from Michigan State. He was expected to, to do a whole lot this year and just didn't. You know, he was athletic, really good size for a tight end, and thought they would take the step and really didn't this year. So, yeah, no,
0: 6'4, 245. His ball skills are nice. I mean, Kentucky wasn't a passing team, oh. so he kind of suffered from that. He wasn't really used a lot. Same as um, Michigan's- yeah, he doesn't have a very good route tree. Um, he has decent feet. He will fight for the extra yard, obviously, with that body and size and frame. But, I mean, there was a couple plays I saw where he got the ball on like a quick little turnaround, 5, 10-yard route, and he was able to turn upfield quick and just kind of turn on the jets and break it off for a very big touchdown. So he definitely has the potential to be the athletic type of tight end that the NFL is gearing towards. At Kentucky, he just wasn't used that way. So it would be fun. He's definitely going to be one of those guys at these games you want to see mixed in with a quarterback that can really throw because I can talk was Benny Snell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. can, can I know, kind of hold you back a little bit. So we'll glance over the defense real quick, the West defense, um, a guy that I've heard a lot of this year, Dalen Mack, Texas A&M. He's a defensive end, 6'1", 320. He's a five-star recruit going into Texas A&M and didn't really put up the stats, but he's shown really well so far in practice. He's got great burst, really good, quick first step. He creates a really nasty push in the middle, but he you know, he can generate pass rush from the interior. I said defensive end at the beginning. He tends to play more toward the interior, more like a, not quite on the nose, but side guys on like a 4-3. creates a lot of push, but he's also a really good run stopper. He's a name that I've heard a lot this week, as well as Daniel Wise from Kansas. I've heard a lot that he's tearing up practice so far. Well, a couple of linemen that I've heard. Have you heard any names? Khalil Hodge
0: is probably the biggest one. On defense that I'm excited to watch, just because I like seeing him at Kentucky. Man. or not Kentucky. Oh my gosh, the blue uniforms. pull out. <laughs> so. Yeah, he's.
1: I had a big old fat star on too. He's one of the top tacklers the last couple of years. 153, 143 this year. Just tackles everything that comes within 10 foot of him. He's one of the cornerbacks, Michael Jackson Senior.
0: Yes, for my- um, playing
1: playing on the east he was thought to be a first round pick like i saw some mocks last year like at the end of the year that put him as like a top 10 pick even in this draft in 2019 he struggled a little bit this year he didn't have any picks no turnovers forced but i also don't think he was being targeted a whole lot as well so he definitely seemed to take a little bit of a step back should still be an early day 2 guy i think
0: yeah no miami as a whole kind of took a step back but i think more or less just overall play and not just him
1: oh one other name chris johnson is a safety playing for the east he's played at north alabama division two he was an all-american division two player last year um he's a safety six foot three 200 pounds but he can run like a four four ish like blazing blazing fast they kind of compared him to the penn state guy that came out last year apke that nobody really heard of and then like tested stupid insane in the combine and destroyed the, I think he played in the shrine game as well, but it may have been the senior bowl and he kind of put his name on the map. Unfortunately, didn't really do too much with it, but Chris Johnson's got some really good size. Um, very, very sound tackler, a uh, very aggressive guy that can hit and also cover obviously with that speed. So division two, he might have a little bit to learn. So I'm curious to see what he does when he, if he gets in the game this weekend, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of guys to watch. I'm sure there's, you know, I've seen several articles the last couple days with you know more names. than anybody watch? So,
0: Shrine Game I think is definitely a step up from the NFLPA Bowl, but I think the NFLPA Bowl might have uh, one of my favorite players in it.
1: Speaking of the NFLPA game, this one is one that um, are you talking about Jake Browning?
0: Yes, Jake Browning. Do it, do
1: it. Anyways, no. <laughs> what's what's kind of interesting about the NFL PA game is we, we both love stick to football on Matt Miller and he actually had a hand in picking the rosters for these. So that kind of makes me think, you know, there's a lot of names that I when I was glancing through the the rosters, there are guys that I hadn't really heard of or that I've heard of, but not of doing anything. So there was definitely some, you know, there's some guys that probably just didn't get a chance to play. You know, there's a couple guys from Michigan on the rosters. Um You know, there's an Ohio State wide receiver, I believe. Trying to find him. I'm I'm talking and glancing, and I can't think and and talk at the same time, apparently. No,
0: for sure. It's definitely going to be this doesn't get the same hoopla that the Senior Bowl gets, obviously, and the Shrine game. This is going to be more or less where you see guys that have the intangibles and they have the tools and the analytics part of it where you're like they could de- potentially develop into something so you said there were some names that stuck out for you in this one said this week jake browning i watched and it was the longest time of my life that i'll ever get back but regardless it's one of those things where they talked about it on stick to football and i've heard other scouts say it you try to come into these Shrine games and the nflpa and the senior bowl with a clean slate and a clear mind where you're like i'm going to see these guys for the first time with nfl talent coaches and help and stuff like this. And you don't know what Jake Browning's been doing in the 15 days since he's played a game. I know he probably couldn't have completely turned himself around, but people were surprised at what Josh Allen was able to do last year at the senior bowl where he came in and he wasn't the athletic type quarterback, but fixed his throwing motion and started to show promise of other aspects. Browning is definitely very athletic. His just, his arm is going to be his biggest question mark. And when you're a quarterback, you, you can't have that. Browning for sure is the biggest name as far as the quarterbacks go on it. Um, Another one I think worth listening to or watching, uh, Manny Wilkins, quarterback from Arizona State. When I watched some Nikhil Harry this year, I wasn't as impressed with Wilkins. He's definitely more of like a game manager type. He's not going to go out and make a play for you and win the game more or less. He relies on giving the ball to his playmakers and having them do it for him, which is fine. If you're on the right team in the right situation, you can make that work.
1: Yeah, I saw uh, several – I saw him play several games, including when they played Michigan State, and I think he threw for nearly 400 yards against Michigan State.
0: Yeah. I think he just,
1: he, he gets bailed. You see those catches that Nikhil makes, and I think they're because Manny Wilkins doesn't throw a great ball. I was going to say, that's what you got to keep
0: in mind is when you got a guy making insane catches, it's because he's adjusting to the ball. So
1: An interesting name I saw in the American offense, Jason Moore from the Fantasy Footballers. He's going to be <laughs> – oh, wait, University of Finley. Never mind, my bad. <laughs> Shout-out to Jason Moore, the Footballers. I'm sure they listen to us. Oh, for sure.
0: <laughs> they have a tattoo of our logo. I think Mike does.
1: Anywho, I got to drink more. Apparently, um, <laughs> like I said, there's a couple bit, couple names on here. Um, one that there was one guy that really stuck out here. Where was he at? You said there um, was there anybody else that you saw that you'd really wanted to keep an eye on?
0: Um, the one I'm most excited to watch, and it's more or less just because he's a local guy, is Wes Hills, running back from Slippery Rock. Um, i'm from clarion and one of clarion's biggest rivals is slippery rock they're about 45 minutes away a buddy of mine is a grad student there and he went to a couple games this year and he was telling me beforehand he's like the running back here is pretty good he's a transfer from delaware yada 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 i completely forgot about it until i saw this roster and i was like wait a minute so i texted him he's like yeah that's who i was talking to about like i said he's a transfer from delaware this past year, though, he was first-team time first all-PSAC West. PSAC's the little rinky-dink conference that they play in here. <laughs> um, this past year, he ran for 1,700 yards, 17 touchdowns, 1,900 all-purpose yards, second all-time in school history. And he was in just 12 games. He even missed two games with those numbers. Previous year in Delaware, he had 1,400 yards. So he's definitely a good running back. I have to dive into and watch more of him. I'm trying to find more. Um, if you ever look up a picture of him, I can't remember who it was, it says he looks like a cop from the a- an eighties show. And he really does. <laughs> but no, I I think he'll be fun to watch. Just a little bit of close near school bias. Six foot two, two eighteen. So even though he's got a big frame, he's got uh, doesn't have that much weight on him. So definitely uses the size to his advantage.
1: You had mentioned that uh, Kenan Keenan Brown was your fourth ranked tight end, he's playing for the national side there. Tight end from Texas State.
0: Yeah, no, Keenan Brown. I was watching in Texas State games, I was watching the quarterback play was very, very bad, just like Elise back when I was watching Wimbush throw him the ball. He has very good blocking when he's forced to, I think. Um, He doesn't give up on plays. Even if a play is broken, he comes back to it. There was a play I saw where he was supposed to just do an out route and kind of be a safety valve for the quarterback. And then when he rolled out and the defense committed to the quarterback, he jumped up and made a big play, broke over to the second seam, and took off for a big play. He does have the breakaway, speaking kind of like C.J. Conrad. He can make contested catches. And then his feet's not bad either. My biggest thing with him is he's a big hindrance as a pass blocker. I mean, there was times where I was watching the pass rush that plays UTSA, and it's nothing fantastic nowhere near nfl talent but they were still just flying by him biggest thing with him is i think he weighs he's six foot three 250 but i think he has to get a little bit more muscle and that will come in time working out for a team and everything he just needs polished overall he can develop into something but right now he's just a lump of coal that needs to be turned into a diamond
1: but i think he can one name i did notice actually peyton peeler he plays for the national side. He's a linebacker that I liked quite a bit whenever I watched a lot of Washington State this year. So that was one of them that he's hit 100 tackles a couple times in his college career and five-year starter. So he's a little bit older, but you know he popped out on tape pretty well. Someone I like. He's playing for the American national side. Sorry. Cole Farmer from Penn State's a guy I caught on tape a couple times. So there's definitely some guys here that I've haven't had hardly any chance to like scout like specifically. So I'd be curious to see who stands out in this game and dig into them a little bit more. So, yeah, yeah you
0: know, I'm excited to see how it is. Um I can honestly say I've never watched the P A bowl, um, but I will be watching on Saturday right. just because if Matt Miller's picking some talent, it's obviously going to be done right. So he's not right. going to have randoms thrown in there. So,
1: you know so we started getting into this crazy debbie thing i'd never even heard of it i didn't even know first time I, you you said yeah. it
0: first so yes i'm on the same boat
1: <laughs> yeah I'm like
0: what because i, I knew that you saw a game and obviously the senior bowl but i and, never really heard and that. this has no impact on Devi and nothing really with fantasy but just a cool aspect of it is some of the coaches for the teams are mike tice the old vikings coach uh ed reed plexico burris Player, I saw that I was like, "Well, that's interesting."
1: Plaxico's not going to teach him how to shoot guns, is he? Plaxico.
0: No, it, I think he's okay. going to help the safeties. Ironically, okay, that's good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that
0: nice.
1: joke. I like it. <laughs> Love it, ladies and gentlemen. Our pun of the week. Anyway, anyway, that's all I really got this week, Andrew. Um, next couple weeks, you know, we'll go next week. We'll go over the Senior Bowl, and then after that, I want to do some you know, we'll we'll start diving into the players more specifically. And I just want to do a little Debbie strategy because a lot of the Debbie drafts and leagues that I'm in happen in mid to early, mid to late February. So like to try to get, you know, we'll go through some of the prospects, but maybe we'll stick an episode in there where we just dive right into, you know, kind of like we did the mock last week, you know, some names you should know more like uh, before your Debbie drafts hit. So tell the people where they can find you other than the
0: senior bowl next week.
1: Yeah, no, if there's anyone that listens,
0: reach out, let me know. I'll be down on mobile. Um, very excited for that. Like I've said and talked about 10,000 times now, I feel like I do have game previews for Fantasy Impact and just Draft Impact for the NFL People and Shrine Games coming out Friday and Saturday for Dynasty Happy Hour and the Score Crow. I'll be sure to tweet those out. You can find me on Twitter at DHH underscore Mandrew. Lots of fun content I'm working on. Senior Bowl will get more stuff out. and. It's all going to be about you, the listeners. What about you, Dwight? You can find me on Twitter
1: at FFPeoplesChamp. Um, we're writing for DHH and some other things. Going down the pipeline, just working on tape right now while I still have time. I'm you know, just trying to watch as much as I can every day at work without getting in trouble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know that's kind of weird, but that's how, my, that's how I have to roll, man. And you can find the podcast itself this lovely podcast at Debbie manual on Twitter. And you can email us at Debbie owners manual at gmail.com. If you have any questions and hopefully we'll get some stellar guests coming up for you and a lot of really good information coming up through the draft process. Hopefully we can bring something a little different to the table and you know, we're not like, you know, neither of us are like professionally trained scouts. We're just guys that love football and love playing Debbie and all that.
0: So that's all I got, man. Yeah. No, We'll, we'll bust our tails for you and bring you the best content we can for sure. Just have to ride the storm with us and have faith.
1: Yes, faith will be one. All right, have a good week, everyone. Wait,
0: more. Don't forget about the uh. Mountain West. The Mexican flex. Someone is next. Ivy League fresh. Literally dope. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of players to test. G- I'm serious, they will talk about the most obscure players on this planet. Potentially another planet. Like, dude's got a 4-3-40 from Mars, like, I don't know, it's too much, I'm done. I'm gone this time. Like, don't bring it back in. Enjoy your podcast.